What would it take for you to to start an OnlyFans, Mike? I mean, what would be posted on the OnlyFans? I mean, that that'd be up to you. Full frontal. So I'd have to be very, I'd have to be down really bad, and uh, there ha there would have to be a significant demand for it. There's significant demand for a flight, Mike OnlyFans. <laughs> We're not doing this, man. <laughs> Who knows, man? You could become a sex symbol for YouTube, for NBA YouTubers. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. Are we being trolled right now, Mike? What the fuck? Can I walk off right now? <laughs> Put that on a poster. Whoa. Now it's just an all-star game right now. You're such a bully. You don't deserve LeBron James, all right? It's insane. And you deserve exactly what happened to Chicago over the past decade. <laughs> so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break that? <laughs> Bro! <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Was it because you were bad at basketball? Yeah. Yes! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Laced Up Podcast, where Lonzo Ball just took it to LaMelo Ball. I'm here with my two co-hosts. Coop, he's talking to you. I thought, wait, I'm two? Or my two no, co-hosts. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. No, I'll be two. It's cool. It's, it's, it's cool. I'll be two. It's cool. I'll be two. I said my two co-hosts, <laughs> not numbers two and three. No, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand right. that. Well, I'm saying I take the place of two co-hosts. So. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. Right. Can, like, can we take a moment to acknowledge the fact that uh, Mike just came in here and started flexing the fact that his team just defeated a rebuilding team by 14 points like rebuilding not Charlotte Hornets are not rebuilding what <laughs> the bad take oh yeah starting man I love it the, the Just, Hornets are definitely rebuilding if you're one year with Terry like, Rozier Gordon Hayward Miles Bridget what are you talking about I mean they are fine fresh off of a rebuild they're okay? the sixth seed yeah what are the Bulls we're uh, no no no. We're not about to call into question the seeding when we're just like 22 games. Like technically, the Lakers are like a fourth seed right now. Wait, no, they're not. <laughs> Yo, you're bad. Right. They're, they're what seventh. are you? Wait, what are you on? on right? The Lakers are seventh. The Hornets are 13 and 10, which would make them fourth the, in the West right the, now. The Lakers are sitting at a clear uh, at a nice sixth in the East. The, the Lakers are 11 and 11, and the Mavericks are 10 and 9. I would I also know. like to add that the Lakers have had. Let me see right here. Oh, they've had the easiest schedule to this day. Um, that's going to move down to 29 by the time the season is over. Just thought it's I'd gonna it's gonna move down to 29 there. out of yeah 30? It's, yeah it's going all or, the way down to 29. They like, had oh, it'll be the hardest. Easiest, yeah, it'll be the hardest one of the oh, hardest schedules man. in the NBA. They have had the easiest schedule. So listen, far. I'm rubbing my hands for that Knicks Lakers video I can make. You know, just on the main channel, just boom a pop a quick Lakers. Oh, the Lakers will never figure this out. 500k views. And Mike cries. <laughs> it, it's hysterical. I thought we were going to start with Lamelo and Lonzo, but you guys are so obsessed with these Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers, man, that I guess we're talking Lakers. Well, I'm going to admit, like, I think I, it's going to sound so pathetic, but I actually enjoyed watching the Lakers for about two and a half minutes this past week when they went on a 16 to nothing run against the Detroit Pistons, baby. <laughs> like, it looked like we actually knew what we were doing for a very brief period of time against one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, I, uh, 
<laughs> I, I I don't I don't know what to say. I'm hoping that this is one of those situations where we figure it out as we go on, but I can't help but see that this is starting to look very familiar to the 2013 NBA season. We're even rumored to have Frank Vogel on the hot seat. So are you aware that like Anthony Davis and I love AD. I don't don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Are you aware that he's like one of the worst shooters in NBA history right now, statistically speaking? Yeah, that's the big problem for sure. The question that I have um, and Coop, I want to hear that exact stat for sure. But yeah, so I've seen that on Twitter. And the question that I have after like looking that at that, well, there's two. It's one like is Anthony Davis ever going to be the alpha dog player that, uh, you know, LeBron and the Lakers envisioned, I guess, when they signed him, because it was supposed to be kind of a passing of the torch kind of thing. Anthony Davis averaged 28 points and 12 rebounds a game as like a 23 year old. You know, he was on that path. He doesn't seem like he's currently on that path. And so there's, you know, one, can he be that? And two, did the man practice shooting since the bubble? Like, his okay, look, numbers look, look. were crazy. This is an unpopular opinion. I'm sorry. I really just cut you off. You got I'm it. So you got sorry. it. You got it. This no, is an unpopular opinion. And I've been saying this for the longest of times, and I've been getting flamed for this take, and I will continue to get flamed for this take. Don't but say I've it. been saying <laughs> that Anthony Davis is not a good jump shooter. He has never oh. really been that good of a jump shooter. He just takes so many layups and dunks around the rim and you see the cool fadeaways and all that stuff going occasionally and you're like, wow, that guy is great at shooting the basketball. <laughs> and he, it, he's not, he's not. But in the bubble, like Korzimba said, he was incredibly hot. He had, to, he had a crazy bubble run. The guy absolutely couldn't miss. So yeah, hopefully he turns around and to give Korzimba that stat, that he was looking for earlier this season anthony davis is shooting jump shots at 33.1 percent on all jumpers good for dead last in the nba he ranks last in efficiency averaging just set 0.71 points per try uh yeah man i mean i don't know what you want me to say it's like we're not on the bubble you know ad is no longer a disney you know le mickey <laughs> is back to being lebron like what do you want me to say <laughs> well, honestly I, i've been getting a lot of uh creative le comments in my videos i got le omricon variant the other day so um i i don't know how to explain this other than the fact that russell westbrook definitely messes up the spacing for the starting five of the los angeles lakers a decent amount i mean when you see whenever i see i don't think to date like i'm sure he's made a three or like here uh, he's definitely made a three but i don't think i've seen it with my own eyes yet every single time russell westbrook tries to pull up for three like i just imagine the other team like cheering excited oh, no yeah happy. it happens i've been that other team every single time he takes a three i fit like i cheered i was like yes yeah. good shot good shot for us good shot every time so we're in this like okay. really bad situation where like no one's really closing out on russell westbrook you know every single so, time i see him do do you do the same thing with anthony davis when he shoots mike um yeah at this point when yeah he's spotting up for three i'm like go ahead man yeah i mean um AD also had a hilarious quote and somebody quote tweeted this on Twitter and said it sounds like a threat. He said, I'm going to continue to shoot the ball from three, whether it goes in or not. He said that was a threat. I mean, threat. I like that. Like, I, I like it court spacing wise. I like it in terms of like, um, 
Tom strongly off of the tweet attacks. Um, I, I like the idea of, you know, you want to shoot threes just to keep the defense honest in like a way like that Giannis does. You know, Giannis doesn't make a high percentage of his threes, but it's keeping the defense honest. The problem is that a lot of AD's looks are coming off of like, you know, spot up attempts. And that's where everything changes. You know, it's not like he's over here keeping the defense honest by, you know, pulling the occasional three. No one's going to guard you if you're a spot up shooter that's over there shooting under 30% from three. I mean, that's just a good shot for the defense every single time. So the defense here and keep shooting is like, okay, great. Keep doing it. Yeah. And you also want AD close to the basket. I think it's like, uh, I think the Lakers starting five is just a spacing nightmare. I mean, DeAndre Jordan and Russell Westbrook does kind of mess some stuff up there. Although Russell Westbrook, I'm going to give him credit. He's having one of his better three-point shooting seasons. He's currently at 31%, um, which is kind of pathetic if you're AD. Like, you're literally shooting worse than Russell Westbrook, which is typically a huge hole in his game. Um, only thing I could say is hopefully they figure it out as time progresses on. Um, there we're just 21 games in. Uh, I hope we don't do something like firing our head coach in the middle of the season because I don't think that'll really solve anything. So I you think just make do you worse. like Vogel? Are you a Vogel guy? I don't think Vogel is the answer. I I think what Vogel's good at isn't necessarily what this team needs right now, which is he's he's tremendous when it comes to defensive sets. And he's like revolutionized defensive basketball with his drop sets. But right now, the Lakers are struggling offensively and they just need someone to come in and just figure out how to put each and every one of these players in a situation where they could be successful. Even furthermore, I really just the more I like watch Rob Palinka's moves and decisions, the more I just feel like he lucked into a good situation. Um. I, I mean, I like the signing of Malik Monk. I don't get the signing of DeAndre Jordan. I could have told you, anyone could have told you that you need a floor spacing center. I don't know why you would sign Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. That doesn't make much sense either. So I don't know. Um, in terms of roster construction, it's a little head scratching. I feel like they just saw Russell Westbrook and they're like, oh, hurt the dirt. If we trade a bunch of our role players, we could get ourselves a former MVP without thinking of fit at all. So I'm more concerned about the construction of the roster than the coaching currently. We could actually use that to transition back to the Bulls. I'm going to tell you how in just a second. But first, I just want to say, um, yeah, AD's no Jonas because, you know, my boy Jonas was a uh, seven to seven in the first half from three. The other oh, you're saying Jonas. Oh, he's saying Jonas. He's not saying Jonas. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> to everyone at home, he's talking about Jonas and Chunis, not Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. happens no, when no, 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 not Giannis, here. not Giannis. Yeah, not Giannis. everyone, the, My, just everyone in general was like, "Wow, that's how Coop pronounces Giannis." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, we'll let you. That was a big win last night, right? That was a giant win against the Los Angeles Clippers. I lost my mind. He dropped thirty-nine points. Uh, I think fifteen boards. I just had the stats in front of me. 39, 15, 7 of 8 from 3, 15 of 24 from the field. And all I could think about is how good this team is going to look once Zion Williamson returns. They have won three of their last four against good teams. Washington, Utah, the Los Angeles Clippers. And I said it, Pelicans to the play-in. The pod didn't want to believe me, and I stood firm, Pelicans to the play-in. And we still got a long way to we're go. Six and 17. Yeah. I mean, six uh, and 17. 
I'll, yeah, I will say like four games back with the I roughest, will, with the hardest record. I mean, with the hardest schedule in the league, though, you got to take that into account. I will say, like you know, out in your starting lineup currently, you know, you've got Devonte Graham, Josh Hart, Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, and then your fifth guy sounds like a made-up Herb Jones. Back. He's amazing. Herb Jones. <laughs> Herb Jones is so good. He's one of the best rookies in the league this season. So is he Don't sliding to the bench? Watch. I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought it might be Devonte Graham, but I think I like what Devonte Graham's brings uh, to playing with Zion too much to slide him to the bench. But Herb Jones is just like the ultimate glue guy. Um, I already think he's a top defender in the NBA, like top ten for sure. Um, you know, he top ten defender three. in the NBA. Yeah, I think he's top ten for sure. If you watch him play, I, I, I think you'd be right there with me. Um, he, he, he's amazing. Uh, he's shut down. Uh, top scorers already. Uh, Trey, I, I think it was like a Hawks blogger. He was like, uh, Herb Jones was picking up Trey Young, like full court. And the second that Herb Jones went out, the Hawks blogger was like, Trey's just doing whatever the he wants right now. As soon as Herb went out, it was like a completely different game. He's that type of defender as a rookie, a little older as a rookie, 23 years old, but he's an impact player for sure. So what I wanted to use uh, the Lakers, uh, for as I, I wanted to transition to the Bulls, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Lakers possibly going Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan. Do you guys have any strong feelings on that? The the strong feeling has to be, of course, looking back that that probably is the mistake of the summer, I would say, especially because they were going to get him for less than the Bulls did, apparently. I mean, what... I, from what Damara said, he was he thought he was going to be a Laker. He thought it was a done deal. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, you know, San Antonio was like, you know, or I don't know if he just wanted more money. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, like he could have just taken the money. So if that so if in reality it was like taking Russell Westbrook over Damar, then, yeah, that seems like a gigantic mistake to me. I mean, it made sense. You know, Russ in the offseason, I will just say, you know, in the offseason, no one was saying like, oh, you should have went with DeMar over Russell Westbrook. It appeared. If anything, people were saying DeMar's overpaid. Maybe that was a mistake for the Bulls. Maybe three years down the road, the Bulls are going to heavily regret it. If anything, I will just say that it's a huge testament to DeMar with that chip on his shoulder, with that, okay, yeah, I watched the Toronto Raptors win the championship without me after being an all-star in that organization for a while. After constantly being ranked over Kyle Lowry, um, who Kyle Lowry was seen as, you know, one of these big steals of the offseason, or was one of the, you know, main targets because he won an NBA championship, because he had championship experience. DeMar didn't have that. He was stashed away in San Antonio, basically. No one really watched him. And now... The man is emerging as an all-NBA player. I mean, he's been in the top 10 of the MVP voting since MVP voting has you know been a thing this year, um, according to NBA.com and all that. So, I don't know. I couldn't be more happy with DeMar. What do you guys think? Um, I, you might think this is bold, but I don't think the Lakers would be that much different if we did have DeMar over Russell Westbrook. I feel like they'd have similar problems with spacing, although DeMar DeRozan would probably be better defensively. Um, and I think he'd be it'd be a marginal improvement at best, but the Lakers wouldn't be like a super team if they added DeMar DeRozan over Russell Westbrook. I do think Russell Westbrook was like plan like C or plan D even or maybe like maybe plan B. I mean, plan A was Dame. Um, I think plan B may have been Russell Westbrook or I think plan B may have been Chris Paul. I'm not exactly sure. And then 
uh, after Russell Westbrook. I think they wanted to go the buddy heel DeMar DeRozan route. Um, personally, my philosophy when it comes to building teams has always been try to find your two stars. And they the Lakers have that in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And just you know, surround them with really good supporting pieces, kind of like what the Golden State Warriors did. Um, and I've always been a huge proponent of that. I've said this and I've been on record saying this, that I felt like these Golden State Warriors teams, this year's team could be better than the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. You guys remember I said that a couple of pods ago? Again, and that's I'm just, just letting because you be with that one. The... What? <laughs> I'm just letting you be with that one. I, I don't know. What to yeah. say. I mean... I think if you put I, them, take them in a bubble and just, you know, just put them, okay, best seven of games. seven series, yeah. freaking Durant Warriors are smacking them. Yeah, easy. I mean, I mean, I personally just have the philosophy of deeper teams tend to do significantly better than teams that are During the regular season. Yeah. Um, weren't the Durant Warriors also pretty deep? They're deep enough. I mean, yeah. you, when it comes to the playoffs, you need like eight guys, nine max. Yeah. So uh, with uh, the Russell Westbrook and DeMar thing, my closing thoughts on this is uh, at least with DeMar, even if you are right, Mike, I think DeMar gives you much more flexibility. Whereas if it's not working out, you have the ability to move on. Russell Westbrook is due nearly $50 million next season, and you have definitely handicapped your team in order to go out and get Russell Westbrook. LeBron's been defying all logic for a long time, but I don't know how much longer he's going to continue to do this. I'm going to just assume it's a long time because it's freaking LeBron James we're talking about. Um, but that being said, also uh, a contract that is defying logic and reminds me of Russell Westbrook is one uh, is the one for John Wall, who is also due nearly $50 million next season and has not played one minute of nba basketball this season what are your thoughts on that it's it's funny it's the exact same contract as russell westbrook only in russell westbrook's case it was kind of like a feel-good moment the okc thunder were like oh thank you russ for not leaving us and remaining loyal to our franchise here's a supermax contract whereas in john wall's situation he actually signed his supermax contract right before he would wind up tearing his achilles and like it would kick in, I believe it kicked in the like the year after he tore his Achilles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then you pretty much have a post Achilles tear John Wall on a supermax contract. Um, it's a pretty interesting situation, but it's nothing new. We've seen this before. You saw it with like, oh, to a lesser extent, you saw it with like Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. Hey, we're going to sit you down until we trade you. You're seeing a more aggressive version with it with Ben Simmons this past year. Um, <laughs> Al Horford, uh, notably, I would say on the Thunder last year, uh, they yeah. just sat him because he was too good. Uh yeah, <laughs> you're also ruining our tanking chances, <laughs> man. Yeah, if I was the Rockets, bro, uh, unpopular opinion, I'd be playing John Wall basketball. I say f it. Maybe we could find a sucker, bro. You're taking thirty shots a game. Please hit at least forty five percent of them. Let's go out and find somebody that's going to, you know, maybe put in a bid for you. So the Rockets have been doing this weird thing where they've been running Jalen Green, and Jalen Green's out with an injury right now. Um, they've been running Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. together. That puts Kevin Porter Jr. at the point guard position. Kevin Porter Jr., despite getting one of the nastiest triple doubles I've ever seen yesterday, 
is not a point guard. Um, good player, talented guy. I just, I, I, you know, if I'm wrong on this one, I'd love to be wrong because, you know, I love the Rockets, but I, I just don't think that that's good for the development of the Rockets team unless you're going to be doing that long term. I think it would be good to see Jalen Green getting a rep alongside a real point guard and developing good habits as opposed to, you know, rocking with the score first guy like Kevin Porter Jr. You guys have any thoughts on that? Mm, so I will say that with Kevin Porter Jr., Watching Rockets games, I am like a little concerned with, I, I kind of am with you in that I feel like, yeah, having a veteran presence, like let's say John Wall was cool with playing 20 to, you know, playing the Kevin Love role in the Cavaliers, you know, playing 20 minutes sometimes or playing 34 if he's like, is playing really well. If But if he was cool with playing that role, then absolutely, yeah, take him back. And I agree with you. Um, let him play because... I think you're right in that, like, if you're looking for Kevin Porter Jr. to be your point guard going forward, it doesn't make much sense to me. It feels like you're taking, you know, a square peg and trying to fit into a round hole. I don't think that's who he is. He's definitely a score first guy to me, um, as is Jalen Green. I think having John Wall as a veteran presence that maybe is looking to pass more, especially with his injuries that have built up and, you know, is looking to prove himself to a contender, maybe not this season, but maybe next year, you know, he's looking in, a, uh, you know, a potential buyout um, opportunity where he's trying to prove that he is still like, you know, a, a solid player or a championship level player for next season. Um, yeah, I mean, get John Wall in there and he's going to help out, you know, your team. Eric Gordon's been playing for the Rockets. It's a, that's why this is a kind of a confusing situation. Yeah. Because Eric also... Gordon's been playing and he's been playing a lot and they're yeah. like, he's cool with it. He hasn't said anything. The Rockets are cool with him playing. Well, you know, everything's fine with that. Eric John Gordon Wall, actually favorited a tweet the other day that was like, why did I get stuck with Steven Silas as my coach? Oh, like, really? the yeah, the Rockets are a mess, dude. Um, yeah. They're looking better now. They've won three straight. But like, there's like just so, and I'm like, what? What is Eric Gordon mad at? This guy's always mad. Like, he was mad in New Orleans. He was mad with Harden, and he's mad at Silas. What is Silas doing? But um, Eric Gordon's been having a solid season. Flight Mike, I could tell you want to say something. What you feeling right now, my my guy? Wait, can I just before anything just want to point out that Eric Gordon at one point was on pace to be like the top shooting guard in the NBA. Don't remind just me, bro. Like that was our franchise. Forgotten. That's our friend. That was our franchise player. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like just people forget that, like, when with the trade, you know, that brought Chris Paul over, Eric Gordon was the centerpiece. And the first words I think that were, were out of Blake or uh, DeAndre's mouth, one of the first words were like, did we have to give up Eric? Like, that was like the first thing. They were like, did we have to give up Eric? And they were like, oh, okay, we had to give him up. He was on 22 points a game as a 22 year old. Man, that guy played a completely different style of basketball. It's so weird. Like he was like a cannonball down there. He would take absorb contact, score. Dude, dude, completely by the changed end it up. Of, uh, by the end of the 2024 season, Eric Gordon would have made two uh, nearly 200 million dollars throughout his entire career. I mean, like, I <laughs> if you have to suck it up and just deal with being on a rebuilding team until you know those beautiful role play like like mid bench role playing years and so be it man i mean he's had an awesome career it seemed like he he had a very successful career um it does suck that he's in a situation that he's in now i think his contract's also extremely tradable if the rockets want Russell he makes Westbrook 20 him, so. million a year until 2024 he makes 19.5 in 2023 and 20.9 20 in 2024 look at if you yeah. look at his stats his numbers have been good uh he's been locked in on defense when he when he's playing defense he's looked good um yeah i i actually think it is tradable mike i agree with you bro yeah i would agree 20 million is tradable 
I mean, it's tough maybe for that last year. I but... don't know who would want to trade for him. That being said, but I do think it's tradable. And what are you trading for Eric Gordon? Are, do you have to give up a first for Eric Gordon? No way, right? No, not with that contract. I don't think. Not with, not with that contract. No, it's it, there's a lot worse contracts. I mean, like we just we discussed the John uh, we discussed John Wall's contract, um, Russell Westbrook's contract, like. Well, so wait, it's... so okay, if you were the Houston Rockets, though, we kind of talked about John Wall without actually going into it. What what would you do if you were John Wall, and what would you do if you're the Rockets? Because you know we've talked about hypothetically what we would want to see ha happen, but the Rockets are holding him out for a reason. Um, would you just completely switch it up? Um, I would play John Wall because I think first of all he could teach Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green a thing or two about being a pro. Um, but in addition to that, if you're playing John Wall, you need um, you actually give him an opportunity to inf inflate his statistics significantly and eventually trade him somewhere else. And I feel like just by letting him rot on the bench, your fate is going to be something similar to what happened to Andre Drummond or like LaMarcus Aldridge. Typically, when, I, when a player gets shut down, no franchise says, oh, you know, what will really help us that guy that hasn't played for like three months, you know? It usually, if uh, I say they play John Wall, and uh, by the way, John Wall isn't the only guy they're trying to trade. I saw something the other day that suggested that the Rockets are also trying to potentially trade Christian Wood, which he's mm. having a tremendous season too. Yeah, Christian so, Wood. So the thing with him is all the talent in the world um, has been really good the, the past couple of games. But uh, there was an instance, I think it was against the Nuggets, where uh, he had a post-game quote. They would lose to the Nuggets. I, 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 I don't remember how many shots he took that game, but in the post-game press conference, he was like, yeah, I think we would have won if we got me the ball more, pretty much. And then the following game, um, he he pulled, I think, who did this before? I think I think Kobe did something like this, where he just passed every time he like touched it. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. There's a famous story of that, actually. There's a famous story of Rick Barry, a man who wore a wig during an entire NBA season. If you want to laugh, Google that. No, I, yeah, Rick I, Barry wore a wig during an NBA season. Um, it's like you go through like his like yearbooks and like like of the NBA yearbook and like one season he's like almost bald and then he suddenly has full head of hair and then he's just like bald. But um, yeah. So anyway, Rick Barry, wig uh, Hall of Famer and former wig wearer uh famously got into a fight i think during the nba finals um and refute like got into a fight noticed that no one backed him up went into the second half and refused to fucking shoot the ball was like a 30 point per game scorer who was the best player in his team and was like oh you all hate me okay cool well i'm not playing <laughs> yo that's actually like that's actually which like brings me actually i you know what this brings me to um ben simmons who you know i know we all love here uh i do want to talk about uh, michael porter jr a bit i think it's a good transition from our injury but i do want to say real quick with ben simmons all right if you are ben simmons the way out of this is just so simple but you just have to have gigantic balls and it's just you have to just go into the game and just shoot every wide open three you take if you take every wide open shot and you hustle on defense and you play basketball like i'm not saying you, you're just you know just doing nothing if you take wide open threes and you just shoot 20 percent 
plus, I mean, whatever, and you just brick them all. Like, Philly's either going to bench you or they have to do something. At this point, you are getting paid, and they have to make a decision because you're going out there. Now, Joel Embiid might fucking kill you. Like, he might actually punch you in the face um, on the court as you brick your 7-3 in a row. But there's what what is there to say in the rule book to stop a player from playing hard just taking a shot that he's not good at? There's nothing. You can't be like, oh, yeah, you can't take those shots. Like, he's wide open. So... There's no, like, the Players Association, there'd be no way to get around it. They'd have to pay him. I mean, at that point, they, they might force a hand for a trade. I don't know who would want him at that point. But if you want to get paid and you're Ben Simmons, if you just go in there and you just take wide open threes every time, they can't do anything about that. You just have to be able to look your teammates in the eyes and be like, I'm losing on purpose. Well, do you think, I have a question, if Ben Simmons was to shoot threes, do you think it would be above or below 28 percent because below. the below what, what percentage do you think 24 25 I, th- I i bet it would hover around 20 higher than anthony so, davis lower than russell westbrook <laughs> <laughs> i think if he's, if he's still range. shooting also keep in mind um this wouldn't be a ben simmons who's you know set on making these shots so he might just catch the ball and there's a guy right in his face and just pulls it, you know? It's this situation is so funny to me because Ben Simmons pretty much said, Hey, I'm not gonna play. And now you have Tyrese Maxey that's like, okay, well, I'm gonna come out and just drop a casual 18 points per game, five assists per game, and shoot 38% from three, which is hysterical, by the way, because it's a huge 8% jump from his rookie season. So he significantly improved his three-point jumper, which is something that Ben Simmons has always struggled to do. And pretty much Tyrese Maxey is exactly what the Philadelphia 76ers wanted when they drafted Markel Fultz. And now I don't know how like legit this rumor is. I made a video on it the other day where apparently Ben Simmons is going broke because he has because he bought two mansions in Philadelphia and has a tendency to purchase a new car like every single month. And he's not he doesn't have any new money coming in because he's not playing any games currently. So it just seems like things are getting worse for this man. If that report is true, by the way, which is a hysterical report. If I was Ben Simmons, bro, uh, man, I, it's a tough situation to be in, but I think I'm with Corzimba, man. And like you said, if he's really losing money and if he actually is struggling, um, pass me the basketball. Let me get some threes up. Like we could put a stop to this whole situ- situation really fast. Uh, the Tyrese Maxi thing is awesome, too. I'm really happy for Maxi. I mean, 18, 4, 5. Uh, 39% from 347 from the field, like you said, having a fantastic season. I, I wonder if this is at all a little bit awkward because you know Tyrese Maxey is also like a clutch client. So like, what's what's going on there? Is is like everything just going to be good with Maxey and this is like an isolated thing with Ben Simmons? Or does Rich Paul have like some built up resentment towards the Philadelphia 76ers? Um, I feel like if you're Rich Paul, a part of you has to be saying, okay, like... You have to kind of know your clients and their personality. Like he's not going to come out at his other client and say, I'm mad at you for seizing this great opportunity because Tyrese Maxey boosted his value as a potential client, although his contract doesn't expire for another two years. 
he like boosted his value significantly over these first 20 games. And if he continues doing that, that's going to be a huge payday for uh, for Rich Paul, right? Because he's going to get a percentage of that potential. He might get a potential like Michael Porter-esque type of deal if he continues on this route. Do we agree on that? Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's averaging 18 and five in his second season. So if, if you were to, especially with the tremendous leap up that, you know, he's the leap that he took from rookie to sophomore season already. And the fact that he's going out there a lot of times with the 76ers right now and playing in uncertain lineups, like the fact that he's done, you know, they've had to deal with the Ben Simmons drama, all of the, you know, that team. I'm sure they hear it way more than we hear it. And, uh, you know, he's been incredibly impressive for sure. So as a result, my, like, I had a point. Oh, my <laughs> I don't bad. remember I, what I, it was. Uh, I, I was going to finish um, just answering Coop's question. Um I think as a result, like, yeah, Ben Simmons lowers his value a little bit. You don't get mad at Tyrese Maxey if you're his agent. You kind of just roll your eyes at Ben Simmons and say, dude, like, you got the max contract and just freaking play. You know, like, if the Sixers, like, apparently, I think Kevin O'Connor had this article where he said that the Sixers' initial plan for the 2018, the 2017 Sixers, the Sixers that just drafted Fultz was, you know, you have Markel Fultz, you have Joel Embiid, um, and that creates like remarkable floor spacing. And then you have Ben Simmons, who's going to be like Draymond Green plus, you know, and that was their vision for Ben Simmons. So with Maxi, my thing was not that, that uh, Rich would get mad at Maxi, but like uh, when negotiations come up in the future, do you now have a built up resentment towards the 76ers where you're like, okay, you're giving me this max or I'm out of here. Like I saw what y'all did with Ben. I'm not messing with y'all. Like on that type of time, you know? Well, it depends on how Maxi feels about himself. Like Maxi could be like, what the, like for all we know, all the 76ers are like, Ben's a fucking asshole. Like what's his deal? Come play basketball. You know, we have no idea. What I will say um, about Rich Paul and all this is that I definitely agree with Mike in that, uh, you know, he raised his value as a client. That's always a good thing. Uh, they're a business at the end of the day. And two, I will say that I don't think you can keep all like I think if you are, you know, your clutch sports and you're all this. I don't think you can keep this Ben Simmons thing in the back of your head in terms of other clients going forward because you are the one that's causing this disruption disruption. You know, I mean, sure, the 76ers did all this, but there is no precedent for this. Like there is no like a player sitting out when they have this many years left on their contract of like a max contract, this hasn't happened. There's a reason why NBA executives are like pressuring the 76ers themselves and being like, you can't give into this because if you give in, then, you know, that sets a precedent, horrible, a horrible precedent going forward. So, I mean, if I'm Rich Paul, I'm like, you know, I'm in my head knowing, yeah, what we're doing is kind of screwed up to Philly, but you know, so we'll just take whatever they give us. I, if I was Philly, I would feel a certain way towards Rich Paul, honestly. If I'm a player, I kind of see what's going on in Philly, and I'm just like, I don't want any part in that. Because uh, I, I do agree with what you said, and I agree with, with, with what Mike said, but, like, I, it's just a gross mismanagement all around to me. And, you know, if I'm a player, things like this, when I'm making decisions, it sticks in my head, even though I, I don't actually think it has for a lot of players. But if I'm a player, I think it's something that I definitely consider. Thing comes down to money sometimes with with it not sticking in people's heads. Yeah, that's you know, like true. a poor front office, they go and throw you the most money by far. You know, you're just going there probably. Also, like with all due respect, like the Ben Simmons situation is like a very bad combination of a of a player with just a horrible attitude 
You know, like, bear in mind, this all started with Ben Simmons performing horribly against the Atlanta Hawks. You know, his teammates being frustrated and disappointed in him. In him. Doc Rivers said something about whether or not he's good enough to be a player, uh, a championship point guard. Some players would take that challenge and, like, run away with it and, like, use that as motivation. Ben Simmons got his feelings hurt. The entire offseason, he was like uh, he like was passive aggressive towards his teammates. He wanted to be traded and it just got worse and worse and worse. It's just a very negative attitude. And I do believe this situation is mainly Ben Simmons's fault, but it's also the Sixers fault for not knowing their player good uh, well enough. So I don't think if you're Rich Paul, you're going up to the Sixers and saying, wow, how dare you treat my client this way? Because the Sixers gave your client a max contract and he's the one that's like pouting and complaining and is like just in a very uh, has a very bad attitude despite being in a situation where he could win a championship. So what else would you want? This is a player that literally said he'd accept a trade to the Kings. So. I don't know what else you would want. Speaking, of, we're not going to talk Kings, I guess. So you could. <laughs> Sacramento well, just has a lot. Bagley? Bagley? They're, they're playing the Lakers tonight, right? Oh, oh no! Oh, oh you're not trying to see. That was a sad <laughs> loss. I'm not going to lie. Good win, Kings, ah, man. Good oh, win, Good win man. by the Sacramento Kings. So um, while we're talking about guys in and out of lineups. Uh, we're going to have to throw this one to Coors a little bit as his guy Thibs has taken Kimba Walker out of the New York Nick rotation, a feel good story that has gone sour. Uh, Thibs said that he will tighten the rotation moving forward, th that it would be tough to play three small guards together and that he has great respect for Kimba Walker and all that he's accomplished. I really didn't like that last part. How you guys feeling about this one? That last part for sure makes it sound like it's a parting of ways to me. It sounds like, okay, we're done. You know, like when you go, I have a lot of respect for what you've accomplished that you're on the way out. It sounds like, and I mean, it makes sense in that. All right. So the New York Knicks right now, we're looking at them. They're 11 and nine. All right. They're not playing the brand of basketball that they'd want. They would prefer to be in the, you know, a few more wins up. I would say, is it Kemba Walker's fault? Definitely not entirely. I mean, he's not helping, but if you look at the roster, Julius Randle has taken a regress. He has taken a step back, uh, shooting around 41%, 19 a game, still getting 10 rebounds and five assists, solid. But the main disappointment to me, and we'll definitely continue to talk about Kemba, but the main disappointment to me has been RJ Barrett on the offensive end, at least. Averaging 14.6 a game, shooting under 40% from the field. This was supposed to be that third season where suddenly, you know, a lot of Knicks fans and, you know, uh, one of my boys is a Knicks fan. I, I know Knicks fans. I live in New Jersey. You know, Knicks fans were all in and are still all in, I'm sure, on RJ Barrett becoming an all-star, becoming that guy that they're going to go into, you know, the next decade with. So for RJ to take, you know, this to not take a leap, but to do the complete opposite and regress that is scary to me. That would be the most scary thing of the Knicks season so far if I was a Knicks fan. So um, this the, that quote that I read came out the 29th. Uh, he said he wants to tighten the rotation. It's interesting because, uh, oh, let's no. see, the 27th, they only played nine. Play, yeah, right. Thibs tightening the rotation in He's November. He's to play everyone 45 minutes. They played like. nine <laughs> players, and that's that's about on average for uh, an NBA team. But, like, you're saying, like, you got to tighten this rotation. Like, whoa, 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 Thibs. Like, let's, let's relax here. 
gonna play, he's gonna play all the players 50 well keep in mind game, like <laughs> uh keep in mind rose is out that's so that is also true i wonder who else he plans on taking out of the rotation i'm looking at their lineup right now uh they have some some interesting names from what I've read quickly um, is the guy that he, he's been impressed by and that he's like willing to, you know, last year, Emmanuel quickly was still was very solid uh, as a rookie for sure. But Tibbs just, you know, has this thing against rookies. He's not a rookie anymore. I think Tibbs is looking to play him more. And then also top of that, it looks like he's chosen Alec Burks just over Kemba. Like that's the guy that they specifically named as the guy that was going to get more playing time. That's uh, interesting because they kind of have very similar. They have very similar number. Well, no, actually, never mind. Wait, what? Alec Burks is shooting forty-five percent from three this year. What the hell? I, I had no. Wow. Okay. Okay. I can see. All right. I can see why he's going Alec Burks now. <laughs> all right. That's a defense. You know, I mean, it's defense too. The thing with so I'll say uh, quickly. Then I'm done. Sorry, Mike. I think I just cut you off a bit. But the thing it's is, okay. Just, I'm just with small guards. It's very. It's you know. It's with with small NBA point guards. It feels like you know they're always one season away when they get old like this from just like completely tanking off. You know. I mean, we saw it with Isaiah Thomas. Of course, he had injuries and stuff, but that's the thing. Like, these injuries pile up more for offensive-based guys. You have to be able to adjust your game like a Chris Paul type. You know, Chris Paul adjusted his game tremendously when he was, you know, young in New Orleans. He's, you know, fastest point guard in the league, incredibly just, you know, a blur, and he suffered a bunch of injuries, and he was able to adjust his game. The question is, can Kemba do the same? Um, that remains to be seen. It, it, Definitely, is his contract um, tradable? Yeah, because yeah, they didn't extremely. have to. Yeah, because okay. they didn't have because he got bought out from the uh, Celtics. It, it, it's like a it's actually like a bargain contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he it, is currently making um, eight point seven and nine point one uh, in two thousand twenty-three. Like you see, like here's the thing. Um, Sorry, bought, bought out I'm, by the Thunder. If I am the New York Knicks, I wouldn't take Kemba completely out of the rotation. The man is still shooting 41% from three, like five, uh, attempting five threes per game. So that's remarkable. Still, yeah, I know he's a defensive liability, but that's good enough to have him come off the bench and just provide some nice shooting. I don't think he needs to be taken out of the rotation altogether. I do actually want to commend uh, Tom Thibodeau, because, you know, after analyzing the data myself, you're getting the you're getting better shooting and better defense from Alec Burks. But at the same time, from my idea and from my impression of the New York Knicks last year, they were the most successful when they played through Julius Randle and allowed him to make plays. So I feel like this puts Julius Randle in a little bit of a better situation as well. Although I don't think Campbell Walker should be taken out of the rotation altogether, especially because if you want to move on from him, just like John Wall, you should at least play him as a role player and then possibly trade him at the trade deadline because this is a team with quickly Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, and Campbell Walker at the point guard position. You guys have too many guards, so try to trade that for something else you're missing. Yeah, it's cr I never liked that three guard stuff. They are doing it out in Sacramento. Um, having no, nah, they're doing it everywhere. Like they're doing it, it bulls. They're doing it I don't, hornets. I don't, a lot I don't, of 
teams are doing running three guards wings. this season. We need some wings. Like we, we need wings on the court, man. I like versatile threes and fours. The problem is quality power forwards it's, and it's centers. Tough. Yeah, it's well, tough. But because you when those them. guys at the top, I mean, yeah, but like just like you know, just for an extended rotation. Like I just know, like from watching the Bulls, um, good teams course, have them. you know, good teams have guys that they could send out there. There are big men out there. Yeah, they have like you know guys, but like at the end of the day, like Derek Jones Jr. is like playing center for the Bulls because it's just working better. Yeah, like, I don't. There, there I, don't are I like that. With, like Caruso, Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. Did you see? Did you did did you guys see this like really just awful rumor by Bleacher Report? That suggested that the Knicks will try to move Kemba Walker, possibly for John Wall. Did you, did you guys see that? It, it's it's a horror. It's it's true. Yeah, it's laughable. No, I didn't see that one. Maybe like plug into the I NBA woke, trade machine on this one. Trade no, you can't. Machine. It's impossible. Like I'm, I'm I have it open in front of me, and I'm like, how the hell could you do this? Because one player is making eight million a year. Man. Bro, <laughs> and, could you and imagine? The other's making how- forty four. Could you imagine how much this sucks for Kimba? Homecoming, you know, you wanted to go to NY. Melo, I think, literally just shouted out like that he loved seeing Kimba in New York. And like days later, you were pulled out of the rotation. I really don't like the way this has gone down to because it kind of feels like they're scapegoating Kimba. And regardless of if he is or isn't the problem, and look, I know their starting lineup has been one of the worst starting lineups in the NBA, according to... Um, plus minus on the court off the court and yeah i get you got to make changes but i think there are there are different ways to go about making those changes but dibs is old school so you know i guess it is what it is at the end of the day and guys like playing for him too so um it's going to be interesting to see where the knicks go from here i know in our predictions i had them ranked like i think sixth Kemba himself talked about how he liked playing in New York, how oh, he loved it. Real? He was just like on JJ's podcast. He was just on JJ Reddick's podcast. Um, and Kemba was talking about it. Uh, it's just crazy. I'm looking at their five-man combinations and their starting lineup, like the lineup that he's played the most minutes with, yes, is at a huge negative. But other than that, um, you know, mostly fine. The thing is, Kemba has started every game he's played for them. So, like, it's kind of surprising to me that they're not at least – trying the drop back and, you know, playing him off the bench role, you know, instead they're just like, you're out of the rotation completely. That's surprising to me. But anyway, um, what were we saying, Mike? I don't know. I just, uh, I want to get your closing thoughts, literally what you ended up saying before we talked about another struggling point guard and that's Damian Lillard. What the hell's going on with him, man? Ooh. Okay. So I saw earlier this season that Damian Lillard was, a uh, struggling to adjust to the rules a little bit his words not mine uh, i think he said something along the lines of blah 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 foul baiting this isn't supposed to affect me i don't try to trick people and um he has picked things up before this recent three game stretch but uh i am a little surprised that dame is struggling like he's struggling what about you guys well, just uh, a comment on your uh, the foul baiting thing. Foul baiting wasn't really a huge part of Damian Lillard's game. I mean, 
if you look um, at the amount of free throws he attempted last year, it was about seven. This year, it's about four and a half. The main issue is the man's like gone ice cold from three. He's typically near the 40% um, in three-point shooting. And this year, he's 30%. But so the rules also have changed the quality of look that you get from three and how guys guard you. So if guys are allowed to crowd you a little more, some of those tough shots that Dame is used to taking and making become that much tougher to get off. Fair. Uh, you know what I will say, one, about this rule uh, that I've noticed, just, you know, being a Bulls fan, I don't know if you guys have noticed anything with your teams, but, you know, watching the Bulls day in and day out, for some reason it appears DeMar DeRozan is unaffected by this rule completely to the point where, like, I've seen him jump into guys still getting the call. Like, he's the only player that I can noticeably say the refs are, like, sometimes they give him an N1-3 where I'm like, I don't even know about that one. But, yeah, Dame is shooting 30%. So, if we take, he's making 1.33s less a game right okay. now. So, that's, so you know, to cut there you, you off, go. That's four points. So, he I'm would a, be I'm averaging. I'm going to put this. Look, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, I really. Wait, I, hold on. I wasn't. Wait, I I was getting his point, his stats. So if if you if you make you know if he shoots the same as he was, as he was shooting last year, you know, boom, you're back up to 25. If he takes the same amount of free throws as last year, you're back up to the same numbers. I mean, I just want to you know point this out that for guards, the difference between for free throw attempts could just be you don't get fouled on one three a night. So if it's one three a night that you would have got fouled on, uh, you know, last season that you don't get this season, that's three less free throw attempts a game. Uh, that's probably around three points a game, you know, compared to seeing as Dame shoots, what, 90% from the line. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Dame is a foul baiter, but I do think that the rules definitely uh, affect the quality of look that you are able to get. And a lot of these calls that are being called in the video that I sent you guys, are not necessarily being called this season. Dame, this is extended too at this point because for Team USA, he was struggling as well. And we heard that with the same thing. It was like, okay, you know, this was supposed to be, you know, Dame was supposed to be one of the top guys on that team. And he ended up, you know, not really being that because apparently, you know, the rule changes there and everything. And then we come into the NBA and just for everyone at home that, you know, might not know how drastic this is. Dame averaged 30 points a game in 2020, 28.8 in 2021, and now in 2022, he's averaging 21.5, which is, you know, you're going from among the elite in the NBA to now not even an all-star. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 like you said, it's crazy. Ultimately, I think Dame figures it out and gets going. Um, 20 games into the season, though. He's going to need a massive correction and a massive stretch of hot games, which, I mean, he's he's had before. Uh, how are the Trailblazers doing? Aren't they like 500 right now? So yeah. Portland's 10 and 11, and yeah, they're right there. Uh, with, there's a bunch of teams in the West that are God, all they in are 10 one and 11 spot. away. That is an absolutely mind-blowing stat for a team that you would expect to be in the playoffs. One and oh 10 away from home. How can you be that bad? And want to be a playoff team yeah that's, i mean on the flip side they've only lost one game at home yeah that's so that's pretty but you it's gotta pretty crazy, get better yeah. on the road especially because you're not gonna have home court advantage at this rate anyways yeah they'd get freaking smoked in the first round um on the plus side of things for portland cj's playing well so if you are you know i mean he's playing his 20 points per game i mean 
if you are looking to make a move, I don't know. The thing with Portland is if Dame continues to play like this, I mean, that's going to maybe lead to some interesting decisions going forward because this is a team that at any time could rebuild. I mean, we've got Dame at 31, McCollum at 30, Norman Powell at 28, Covington at 31, Nurkic at 27, you know. I think they should rebuild. Speaking of the Portland Trailblazers, this next topic has nothing to do with Portland. I'm not sure you guys have seen this. It's actually some of the craziest. So, you know, earlier in the season, um, Jokic and uh, one of the Morris brothers got, the Morris brothers got into it. They had a whole debacle last night. They played. Uh, Jokic and his brothers would be at the game. Well, of course, Jokic would. Uh, Jokic would go on to win. And after the game, he hit a club. Uh, I put it in the 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 iMessage chat. Uh, he celebrated in Miami after beating the Miami Heat <laughs> with with a sign with a sign at the club that says Nikola Jokic NBA MVP <laughs> being paraded around him, which I don't think he asked for. It looks like he didn't, but uh, wow, that's hilarious, <laughs> dude. Yes. What hype, man! You know, like honestly, it'd be so sick if I if like I was at a uh, if I was at like a club and then like my brothers like held up a sign saying flight mike youtuber with 500,000 subscribers like I, that's that's got to be a dope feeling if you're Jokic after um, beating and, the Miami Heat too uh, yeah that's got to wait wait, wait 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 I just want to make this clear right now so mike if we're ever out altogether you think it would be incredibly dope for me to just pull out a sign that says flight mike 500k subs uh, with like an arrow pointing towards me well, yeah. we do we do Mike Corzemba like <laughs> 1.7 billion subs. No, 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 um, no. I'm asking you because I'll because that would be funny. <laughs> That'd be funny to do. It'd be funny. Look, it'd be funny if we were like if we all got together and we were partying and like if we did it for like an hour. I, I think if I go over an hour, I'd be I'd come off as a little narcissistic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm holding cool. that sign like, up for six hours just right here. Yeah, I'd, hold, I'd hold it. I'd hold it really high. With the words YouTubers and YouTuber in all caps, YouTuber with 500,000 mine, subs. Mine would say casual. It's a, ca oh, a casual. casual mic. Yeah. Casual right here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because like I have this one friend that like whenever he whenever he introduces me to or introduced me to women, he would say, yeah, this is my buddy, Mike. He's an extremely successful YouTuber with over one million combined subscribers. And he's a huge bodybuilder, too. And I'm like, OK, man, this isn't a resume <laughs> like uh, so it just reminded me of that. Um, Tom but, should know about that. Freaking uh, Tom used to do the same shit. Tom, we uh, Tom is our editor. If you guys didn't know, uh, my editor and at Spot. Uh, but yeah, Tom, uh, you know, lived together. We would go out together, and Tom would be like, you know, you know, he has a million subscribers, and it never worked. Even not even a <laughs> it's little so bit. Awkward. <laughs> Like, not even, like, you still talk to the person. Like, you had to leave. It was so weird. I, I usually like bringing that up. Maybe, like... Not um, to hate on Tom. Not, like to hate, not at all to hate on Tom. I want to just point that out. Uh, we also we also did a hilarious thing that was my idea that didn't work. Where I was like, I was like, oh, let's go ask these girls for a photo. Because, you know, it's such an easy way to go talk to some people. So, we went and we tried to, we tried to do, like, funny poses while we were posing. Like, we tried to do, like, a buddy cop like this, like, back to back. Like, you know, and, like, we did those. And the girls... Did not laugh 
at all. Like at all to the point where we were still doing poses and they're just awkwardly standing there and we had to fucking get out of there. Like, oh my God, pictures. it was awkward. So I'll take that L, Tom. That was definitely on me. Um, Speaking of women, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but a WNBA superstar made waves this past uh, week because she is now launching an OnlyFans after a after a controversy that happened at the Olympics. This is the woman that Drake name dropped in uh, sicko mode. Wet oh, like, wet I'm, like I'm Lizzie. Uh, I'm book wet like I'm Lizzie. So this is Lizzie. Um, yeah, yeah. You, we could take we could take we could take that out if you want to. So. So um, back in April, she said the amount of money I could be making off of OnlyFans is crazy. She told Chris Johnson Hoops on Instagram. What am I doing sitting here? It would need to be called something else, though. Um, if I was going to do something like that, like sell members only content, I'd build my own base. Why not? So currently she is signed to a one year $221,000 contract with the Las Vegas Aces. Um, wow. Uh, huge contrast from all right. NBA who, contract. which one of us is buying it? Shotty, not mm. nose goes. <laughs> Looks like uh, I'm, I'm not buying it. Yeah, Mike, you know, it's it's you. You're the most single. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> all right, play Mike. Well, the most single. No, I actually love it. I actually love the fact <laughs> that she's starting in OnlyFans. I think that's, I think that's dope, man. Um, there, there's a lot of money to be had, especially if you have clout. Uh, for OnlyFans. So, I mean, screw it. Go get your bag. She's done yeah. Playboy in the past before. I'm pretty sure um, she has well, like a million she, followers on IG too or something like that. She also, she said like, you know, she said that like her family pushed her into doing it. So if her family has, you know, she has full support of her family and they're to the point where they're pushing her to do it. Like, yeah, make your money for sure. I mean, WNBA doesn't pay a, a ton, so. Um, so... Yeah, she's made like $500,000 in her career in the WNBA. When you're making about five, which don't get me wrong, getting paid two hundred twenty dollars per year is still pretty nice. Not NBA nice, but still pretty decent. But when you're in that situation and you're in a public eye, you need to do whatever it takes to leverage your, um, your following into more business opportunities. And especially if she's a body positive uh a female that has clout on Instagram. I definitely think this is a home run. What would it take for you to to start an OnlyFans, Mike? <laughs> uh, I mean, what would be posted on the OnlyFans? I mean, that that'd be up to you. Full frontal. If, full frontal. <laughs> what does I that mean, mean, what is full frontal? <laughs> mean? I don't think I. Uh, uh, Naked from the waist down. I don't think I'd do it because the only reason I would ever be motivated to do such a thing is for money. And I'm perfectly content with my financial situation. So I'd have to be very, I'd have to be down really bad, um, like extremely bad. And uh, there, ha there would have to be a significant demand for it. Um, and uh, whoever <laughs> just I am dating, hilarious thing go. There would have to significant I'm... demand for a flight, Mike OnlyFans. No, because like, dude, I know so many women that create to... an OnlyFans, right? Yeah, I know. I know a lot of women that create an OnlyFans, and you know, bam, pictures of them naked on the internet. They make like maybe I don't know a hundred dollars per month, and forever there's 
naked pictures of yeah. her. Yeah, no, it's on fair. The internet. It's just it was funny yeah. the way you said yeah, it. Significant like, significant significant for, for, there yeah, significant. There would have to be significant demand. <laughs> I mean, bro, Tyga makes like an insane amount of money off of OnlyFans. Uh, like a remarkable amount of money. Who the f um, is buying Tyga's OnlyFans? I don't know. He's made eight million dollars as of December 9th, two thousand twenty. And here, there you have it. The flight mic is too good for eight million dollars. I'm not gonna get. There's no way I. Well, dude, we don't. We don't know. Hell? We don't know. You didn't know your channel would be successful until you got it going. <laughs> We're yeah. not doing this, man. <laughs> Who knows, man? You could become a sex symbol for YouTube, for NBA YouTubers. <laughs> Yo, I want to give a huge shout out to our uh, to our laced up members for supporting the channel. Thank you guys so much for going the extra mile to support us. We're going to be doing more lives to include all of you guys really, really soon. Um, we're also doing a PlayStation five giveaway. Once we get to 40,000 subscribers, all you have to do is subscribe and turn on our notifications to enter for a chance to win. And uh, guys, I'm really trying to get out of this conversation. So uh, do you guys have any closing statements? Uh, just, thank you guys for supporting. Yeah. Thanks for supporting. 